talking to the uh, closure of this particular form so we've been in a form collective form group people not interacting in the normal social way this is Kaya Viveka he's stepping out of the social uh, responses, reactions and whatever that carries into something that is, it's, it's social but it's very uh, restrained awareness of other beings other people uh, and then that's more conducive to empathy and compassion rather than favouring and rejecting arguing, discussing distracting and playing and so forth it's just much more uh, conducive to I don't know who she is or who he is but he's probably suffering <laughs> so I certainly suffering and just tuning into that that and also they must have virtues otherwise they wouldn't be here keeping the eight precepts and so the sense of um, safety, trust, respect, mutual respect and uh, empathy this is a very suitable basis to be able to refer to as I imagine you know just just to come to and refer to this underlying aspect of human beings heirs to our kama occluded sometimes clouded over obstructed and uh, subject to the obvious things aging six subject to an unawakened jitter and an unresponsive microphone and what they can <laughs> what they can do so yeah. so we you know we try to hold that and actually this is really important to get the foundations established uh, see most of our lives we're actually dealing with uh, the levels above that you know my friends my colleagues so on and how we interact and what we're doing and this kind of thing that's okay but it has to be this underlying foundation otherwise we lose the stability the grounding and then you know playfulness and laughter turns to irritation and tears <laughs> you know, we easily kind of get upset or annoyed or offended or disappointed because we you know, we get too we lean into each other too far the other extreme is you just lean away too far and you get indifferent and uh, so what you know then this middle just the balance this is the fine balance uh, encourage uh, to establish quality of empathy because we need this in order to have empathy and sympathy for ourselves if we switch off that quality of goodwill and empathy then you know we don't have it for ourselves so in, in having this quality for others we're also more liable to have it for ourselves because the jitta has become confident in that particular form yeah. form of like the baseline of what I am I'm a human being subject to ignorance and uh, so on and getting a foundation and uh, having some kindness and we so we apply things with kindness with a good will where we need to pull back we're honest about that where we're avoiding things we own up to that to ourselves you know so we're trying to establish and establish our own foundation so that this jitta doesn't do harm to ourselves or others otherwise we regret it eventually
then this is the benefit of being in a group there's the difficulty there's the benefit being in a group certainly one will have to be patient tolerant uh, you know uh, and also spacious you know I can't really feel that unless I've got enough space I feel too pressed in I don't I my reactions start getting nervous or I feel frightened or intimidated or judgmental so enough space and this is just you know it's, it's not taken into account in the social realm but it's necessary once you really understand how your jitter is it's sensitive and you need to respect that it doesn't mean shut everybody else out it means give enough space there's a lovely sutta where the Buddha is asked how do you look after others and how do you look after yourself and again this is something to bear in mind because certainly you're going to be with others and he gives this image of um, two acrobats who are trying to walk on a, a bamboo pole so it's you know, a thin pole and they're trying to walk and the theme is that one acrobat who's a little girl will stand on the shoulders of the, of the adult who's a man so the idea is that the, the male acrobat is walking say on this bamboo pole which is takes it's difficult enough and the little girl climbs onto his shoulders and she's there you know, what she's doing maybe um, something else you know standing on one leg or something so it's a very fine balance and so they say how are we, how are we going to do this how are we going to do this and without falling off and then come down and get our wages and the, the male acrobat the man says well I'll keep my eye on you see what you'll make sure you're okay and uh, you keep your eye on me yeah, and see that I'm okay she says, no no she says she's a wise little girl she says, no that won't do you keep your eye on yourself <laughs> make sure you're on that pole because <laughs> if you go down we're all finished you know and I'll keep eye on myself so I don't slip off your shoulders this way we'll both be assured and yet they're connected, you know. They're, they're definitely with each other, but I'm mindful of my my posture and my balance as I'm with you. And you stay mindful of your posture and your balance, and then we'll both be okay. And he said, this is how, in establishing these foundations of mindfulness, you look after yourself. <laughs> right? And if you go down, you're going to drag somebody down with you. Right? And he said, the second part of it is how regarding others do you look after them? He said, you regard others with non-abuse, with patience, with goodwill, and with empathy. So you establish yourself in the, from here, and then whoever she is, I'm not going to kind of look up at there, but just get a feeling of sending out this quality of the chitta, yeah, patience, goodwill, uh, non-abuse, uh, and empathy. So in this way, look, and then you're also looking after yourself. Because if those qualities are present in your chitta, and your chitta is abiding in that, those qualities, surely this is a very comfortable and skillful abiding you know, for one's own, own chitta. So this is this is a nice analogy, I think. And it's that sense of just the acrobat, how does he or she, how do they find that balance? Yeah. And don't lose it. Don't get pulled over trying to fix or intrude don't swing back saying I'll get lost but here I am stay grounded get the jitter settled and then you know sustain this field of jitana of volition and do that things aren't gonna you know get in um, 
Now, even if people are abusive, if you have that you know, sustained jitter, it acts like a like a protective zone. Because how we get hurt or wounded by others is we take their abusiveness and we stick it into ourselves. You may think, you know, I'm hurt because he abused me. That's true in a way. But what happened was he shouted or screamed or something or other. And I went, oh, and then I took it in. Reacted to it. Admittedly, this is quite normal. Now imagine, instead of that, somebody shouting and abusive, even, oh, he's having a bad day. Sorry about that. It's different, isn't it? This person is creating some unskillful karma, or perhaps you can't get that far, but um, oh, look at that. And as the Buddha remarked, you know, somebody gives you something and you pick it up, it's yours, and they give it to you, you don't pick it up, it's theirs. So in, in sustaining this looking after oneself, one looks also, you lessen the amount of bad karma the other people, the other persons do it, because when, another, when you're not getting affected like that, they tend to sort of stop. Unless they're really wild, you know, but uh, I remember reading an an account of uh, uh, a woman who, she teaches Dharma and she was a peace activist, which meant they would go, they would go to one of these nuclear testing places or military establishment and they would sit around outside it you know, with placards or something like that. They weren't doing anything violent, they just sit there. And the police would come along and throw them away, you know. And she could feel their, they, she'd sit there and they'd get dragged away by some policeman and thrown out, you know. And next day they'd come back and sit there again, and the same thing happened again. And they learned to wear padding clothes, because the police get more and more angry and start hitting them, you know, so they wear padded clothes and learn how to protect themselves so she said one time you know this man was obviously get, losing his temper and he threw her on the ground and started kicking her you know kicking her with his boots and she was lying there being kicked <laughs> and she thought oh this man is so angry so frustrated so angry having to do this lousy job, crummy job, he's so angry. And she felt this great wave of love (laughs) going out to this policeman. He was kicking her. (laughs) Just the feeling of, oh, lost in anger, lost in frustration, having to be a policeman, you know, or a troop, or, you know. So this was hopefully this isn't what, you know, your next retreat's going to be about. <laughs> but you might have felt like it at times. <laughs> Somebody's kind of kicking you or bashing you. <laughs> but it's just a testimony to what, you know, she didn't decide to do it, it just happened naturally. When she empathized with this person's fury and rage and frustration and and all that, which I guess we all have to some degree, this quality of rage and frustration, and uh, you know, and sometimes we do act upon it. So the sense of the, the poignancy of beings lost in their karma, and you know, so so then this quality of chitta can be just so enormously helpful if we. Hold it and train it. There are several things to uh, you know, recommend as skillful means. Actually, we're going to. I'm going to offer the five precepts. And what I've been uh, 
perhaps mentioning occasionally, but certainly trying to encourage both in the precept form here and other customs and conventions that we adopt. Spaciousness, silence, cooperation, restraint, uh, these things. There's a sense of conscience and concern. May my actions not, you know, arouse you in the wrong way. May my actions be something that is, is calmly, you know, there for you but not intruding on you or not you know so this sense of conscience which is and concern for my own jitta so it doesn't do unskillful things and for how I affect others sharing a, a kuti or a lodging with others some sense of respect over how you operate within that quietly move around you know you've got this clunky bodies they make sounds but recognize that you've got to move around a bit and try and be as quiet as possible without getting nervous and some sense of cooperation around that having a meal sharing and taking time over that so this sense of to others as to myself and this is the fundamental essence of it of, of that moral integrity integrity bearing the welfare of others in mind and bearing one's own welfare in mind I think in many ways this is a much more deep and authentic um, way to look at precepts than just to say some words in Pali Or, or any language, you know, it's not just Pali, but just rattle out a formula. Which, yeah, it's it's a good basic structure, um, but it's very much, in a way, it's, it's the surface, isn't it? And it doesn't cover everything. When we're looking at uh, holding our jitta with a sense of respect for its welfare, and not never giving up on that. So, there are ways in which we, uh, our jitta can either just uh, uh, not or, or deceive itself. I didn't really kill it, I just sort of sort of squashed it, but <laughs> it died while it was under my boot. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, or uh, sexual misconduct, you know, flirting or teasing or you know, he didn't actually have sex, but there was certainly some flirtatious behaviour, and maybe that wasn't appropriate, uh, particularly if you're already committed to another person, or the other person's committed, then, you know, even this is not, you know, it's not gross, but it's still, no, this is not appropriate, you know, much cooler and clearer to, to, um, to, you know, understand that, and it's quiet, you know, quiet and with sense. This is why respect is such a, a useful um, way of relating. And respect, again, is not just a starchy formality of bowing, but a sense of, you know, <laughs> respect, <laughs> which means respect for yourself, respect for the other. It's not just a, a custom, but it, it goes right through you know, human behavior. And whatever, however they express that, yeah. it means I value you. I value you, and I value myself, and the sense of offering offering value to each other. And that that may you know, moderate our behaviour. And you can see in a uh, Buddhist country like Thailand, they have they've cultivated certain cultural means to express that that's the convention and you have two themes in in any of these uh, ethical attunements behavioral social norms one is intention and one is convention convention deals with the outer form of it you bow three times or whatever you make offerings or you you know, take the precepts, read the words, chant. Intention is the inner aspect of that sense of giving each other space, respect, and 
that's and of course both of these are important I would say you know the, the inner quality is is the most important but sometimes we we generally need these outer things just to pause and all oh, right remember because our tendency in life is to start to get blurred just roll along and there isn't something saying stop pause okay and you use a, a convention like that to, to really pause and establish that intention where without that pause without that checkpoint we might easily find our jitter is running over before you know what's happened it's run out the stuff has come out of your mouth you know you know some terrible thing has been said or a blameworthy thing has been said so that's helpful and establishing the quality of of hiriotapa conscience and concern now if this that's the heart of it and the unfortunate thing I find in in certainly in uh, conventions moral conventions is that we may very well get the outer form and be told this is what you should do but you don't quite know why and maybe so you know this is when you're a child don't do this do that but why oh just do it but why I'm busy now just behave you know so you kind of get that thing so it's really uh you know, one can get that established by a sense of you've got to, you should, or you'll be punished without it if you don't do it. This is an unfortunate thing, it, you know, but that can be what happens. You get what we call, I call it authoritarian morality or top-down morality. Somebody else tells you, and that telling is not done with empathy and sympathy, Right. Well, if we do it like this because it's like this and that, and I feel like you know, it's not done in that way. It's done with a sense of oh, we'll just do it. It's and perhaps some guilt if you don't do it, or blame if you don't do it. And this definitely happens certainly in uh, West Christian religions. Going to hell, sins. If you're Catholic, you have to confess sins every week. Every time you go on Sunday, confess all your sins. And if you don't confess the sins, that's the worst sin because then you're being proud. So, <laughs> uh, I was in Ireland where it's a strong Catholic country, and this woman was saying, you know, since I, was, I went 10 years, and I start inventing sins because I couldn't remember any. And if I didn't confess any, that would be worse because pride, you go to hell. So I'd start lying, inventing <laughs> sins that I hadn't done in order to go through this thing I'm just going crazy with this <laughs> and whatever else is left you're still a miserable sinner and you should be grateful to God because you're a miserable sinner and it's your and you're guilty because Jesus died to save you for your, your sins but I wasn't around when Jesus it doesn't matter <laughs> he's up there doing it for you you know so give them a break you know stop seeing so sinful and remember <laughs> you know the devil was originally an angel and because he was proud he went down to hell that's where he's stuck forever so that's where you're going if you don't confess your sins oh my you're kind of a little girl you know oh really so she's sort of I was about mid-twenties I was just sick of this <laughs> I'm going to hell I'm going to meet my friends down there anyway <laughs> I just can't go through this performance every week <laughs> inventing sins and confessing them and the priest say, okay, five Hail Marys or whatever go your own way then you find out the priest is drinking or having sex in <laughs> this is the person you're, you're uh, supposed to be confessing to <laughs> and so this is uh, then you just end up thinking the whole thing is just a complete sham and uh, uh, waste of time <laughs> so then you know certainly in western countries it's trying to come back to the the beauty of, of Sila 
because it's it can be you see you know you look around politicians are lying their heads off um, corrupt these are the leaders of the nation you know you know it and they know you know it <laughs> I bet they've got the power so shut up you know we and so you think where's this stuff about you know justice and law and order and right and all that you just think the whole thing is a complete lie to establish authority over you and you make you feel guilty and behave yourself so really trying to get out of that wreckage of the moral sense into you know the emblem of sila in, in buddhism is a flower it's not a cane or a whip or a jail <laughs> it's a flower something that rises out of the mud <laughs> and opens and it's got a beautiful fragrance to it so it bestows a certain gentle quality to the earth, to the world around it. So we're looking at Sila in a much more positive way. We have this, you know, we could say the basic earth of our humanity, which has got kinds of fears and cravings and, you know, sort of earthy stuff like, a, like any other creature. And out of this, there's the human quality, which is upright, and you know we have a sense of this is I don't do this I don't this is what I do because I love this uprightness for the beauty of it and you know the clearer it's not hard uprightness it's a clear quality a a still quality not judgmental not moralizing but still quality that rises up and you feel Feel good. You know, I don't feel righteous. I just feel feel good because my jitta is clear about his intention. It's, it's right on that nerve of intention as much of the time as possible. As much as the time as possible, I'm right with my understanding, my intention. When it wobbles off, as it certainly will do, it wobbles and shakes. Before it swings too far out, and woo, pull it back. You know? So, this is helpful. Now, you know, the other um, issue that can come up with Sila is a sense of, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. Mine alone doesn't. Casual. You know, so I don't do anything really wicked, violent. But, you know, just sort of Friday night, go down and have a beer with my friends, that's okay, or it's not harming anybody, we're just good mates, have a beer. Yeah, that's what's wrong with that. You know, being too kind of puritanical. It's just easy. It's comfortable. So buy a beer, a couple of beers, three beers. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you shoot a little pool or play some cards or something. You know, it's it's relaxing. It's easy. Um, And yeah, I, I sympathise with that, and I'm certainly glad the vineyard doesn't allow me to do that. Because I probably would years ago, I might have done the same thing. Now it doesn't allow a single sniff <laughs> of alcohol. You know, maybe in some cough tincture, there might even you see monks looking at bottles. Is it's got any alcohol in this cough tincture? You know, it's only you know point zero zero one percent. I think it's okay. You know. So this is getting a little particular, but it's not because it's so violently wrong, but because in that in that time, my t- intention just goes kind of fuzzy. Yeah, you know, relax, be easy. What's that? There's no sharp, no clarity to it. It's a fuzzy sense. And why do we need that fuzziness to relax? Because we do need to relax, I'm sure. Find relaxation. This is where we really got to get a sense of meditation having or being able part of meditation I hope I've never emphasized that part of it is certainly the sense of just feeling relaxed in oneself with no pressure and at ease uh, and yeah actually this is slower but it feels long term it feels better because I don't lose track of chitta chitta doesn't get clouded over with Chit chat and this, that, and the other. Chit remains upright. 
and from that place then I know pretty sure what I speak about is going to carry that intention if that goes blurred then what I say doesn't carry that intention in the same way can't, you can't do it in the same way it's not connected to the same kind I start saying things casually make a few jokes be a bit sarcastic about somebody else maybe a little bit of gossip about somebody a um, little bit of you know making fun of somebody else uh, it's not good <laughs> not good grubby yeah. imagine somebody's gossiping about you how's that feel but this is the sort of thing that happens in social uh, casual uh, interactions say things a little bit playful then a little bit daring gossip telling you know spilling confidences do you know what she's up to tell you yeah and anything that somebody's doing that about you how would you feel and it's not like I don't uh, because this is pretty again fairly common human behavior it's not like the intention really is to harm somebody but we don't really know what the intention is apart from to just be light and you know and these things can be gossip and chit can be quite juicy now I've got a good story about so and so you know <laughs> and you think then oh it tastes bad so if your intention is clear says a noble one is one who makes little of other people's faults if they have to express faults of another they don't make much of it so um, I think she has problems with this area I think she I think she has problems with dealing with anger not you know what she like nasty you know giving a whole narrative or if you have to say it then you say it restrained and with compassion um, this definitely pays off definitely pays off you feel clear and you keep yourself respect so it's in areas like this where the sealer sense the ethical sense can be really quite refined quite tuned this is in a way an ongoing meditation try to expand the meaning of that word on ongoing attunement of your of your awareness attunement of attention to what really counts and so if you could try to find that thread of attentiveness to your chitta as an ongoing trend and it you are your chitta is worthwhile it's not something to give up on ah yeah just this lazy person no you're not that's that's maybe a, a habit that's become there but essentially your jitta has the potential for greater clarity greater integrity greater well-being and those fit together you don't get greater well-being without greater clarity and greater empathy and greater integrity it won't happen so encouragement is this way uh, and this is certainly why I've you know, found training in bhikkhu life to be of great benefit I don't know because I never really did anything trained anything as a lay person so I have no real knowledge of trying to practice dumb as a lay person it's all come from this particular monastic form at first I didn't think the vinya was kind of that important really it's mostly meditation uh, but then after a while I began to acknowledge how the life itself the conventions helped to clarify areas I wasn't even noticing didn't even notice it and the vinya, the training, the discipline bringing to light um, senses of when to pause, step back wait, don't press in yeah, sensitivity to other humans, other people, 
Now I have the benefit of that because that that structure, which is quite refined and quite evolved, is there, and a lot of it now, after many years, is internalized. I, I've, you know, it's it's in my jitter. <laughs> it's there. You know, it's not something I have to keep remembering and pulling back to. Um, your topic, I would suggest, is how you develop your, your structures that you can manage in order to get that spirit of hriyotapa, uprightness, clarity, integrity, sympathy, how you get that going in your lives. I don't know. But your jitter will know, because your jitter is, is a jitter like mine. It's not a monk or a laywoman. It's a jitter. This meditation time, I hope, has been a value to begin to really feel the problems of your jitta, but also the strengths and the beauty of it. And taking, you know, having respect for that and honoring it and uh, gladdening it and bringing it forth in many, many ways. So with this, your jitta is waking up. There's no doubt about that. It's continuing to wake up. And now we must listen to it carefully, spend time listening to it as often as we can. And certainly spending time every day just doing that, checking in with yourself. You can call it meditation, you can call it recollection, you can call it quiet time, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Whatever helps you to get there, you know, Turning up in your life, as I say, you know, turning up and what's happening. Um, uh, this is uh, this is necessary, absolutely necessary. Now, as you <clears throat> I imagine, you'll understand if you look up at this painting of up above the shrine. Yeah, it may be a bit distant for you to see, but it's a familiar mural that occurs in, in particularly in many. Uh, Buddhist temples and you can see it's a sort of pretty dense scene but at the bottom of it in the center there seems to be a, a woman kneeling wringing her hair, black hair wringing it and there's a kind of big column of light and radiance coming out of that and there's this Buddha sitting on top of that you know? and around it if you look closely you'll see daily life Either traffic jam, life in the office, railway station, yeah. Or perhaps sometimes even your own jitter. <laughs> the density is called the host of Mara. It's density, quite dense. You can see how dense it is, how packed it is, and how sort of wriggling and writhing and uh, it is. Yeah? And this is called the, the repelling the host of Mara. You can see the Buddha actually isn't getting in there with a sword or bashing it, he's just sitting above it all. And what's getting him above that is this beautiful column of light radiance that's ascending from this kneeling woman figure. And that that obviously is not a you know not a physical woman, he's not sitting on some woman's head, but she this is called Meatorani or the Earth's mother. And uh you know, it's again an allegory or a parable, and it's saying, you know, at this time when the Buddha, you know, the awakening citta, if you was really alone and under pressure from all these conflicting forces, it's called the, the earth touching mudra, the, the Bodhisattva puts his hand on the ground and says, I call the earth to witness witness the virtue Barami I call the earth to witness that and then in the parable the earth mother the earth rises up and the sense of the beauty of the fullness of the ethics the virtues that this person has generated over the stories over lifetimes 
then again she doesn't fight but she's wringing water out of her hair that's what she's wringing her hair for and this flood of water washes the host of Mara away and so then the Buddha awakens isn't that really beautiful Uh, as an image and interpreting that bearing witness to the virtue bringing it to mind recollecting it whatever it is, however it manifests bringing it to mind and asking it to bear witness bringing it up and this means that the doubt the uh, disrespect all these negative forces are gently flushed out and they can be awakening to the purity uh, which starts as the purity of intention purity of intention this purity of intention is spacious it's not pressurized, it's not pushing it's spacious, it's grounded earth grounded in certainty, grounded in truth and it's compassionate it's empathic so these are qualities to bear in mind groundedness, spaciousness, compassion Uh, and this is what subdues the uh, host of Mara then that can be that if you like, the the chitta rises then the crown of it opens up it's opening is the awakening and the lotus awakening, opening up this is the image sometimes attributed one of the images attributed to the Buddha like the um, Buddha awakens the wise like the sun awakening the lotus even just bearing such, a, such an image in mind I think this is why it's painted everywhere um, it's the, that's, the, that's the idea of it now in terms of our mundane lives, our daily lives naturally what occurs for most many of us I'm sure is attention takes the fall attention comes the fall we are looking at things dealing with things, remembering things the attention scurries dealing for this and that and answering this and reporting on that and talking to him and remembering that and attention is skipping around with many many things to occupy itself with and in that movement the quality of intention we come, we know it's not in focus anymore we lose focus on it we're trying the best we can but we're not really really in focus with it because attention and the main theme with this is be busy, get it done get moving quickly that's often the, the background message that comes from when your attention is moving and the more it moves the busier you feel you should be not stop the more it moves around you get into this state and you start to imagine or remember things you should do and so you you get even busier this is the accumulating effect of it therefore when there's so much to do this is I think one of Thich Nhat Hanh's sayings when there's so much to do when there's no time to do there's so much to do, there's no time we must go slowly (laughs) when there's so much to do when there's not enough time to get all this done we must go slowly because then you're dealing with the root the fluster, the pressure we're dealing very much with the chitta not with the external shifting of perceptions and, and images when there's so much to do when you get that feeling oh I'm busy, I, got, oh, I should do this, I should do that oh, I really got to, oh because of him and they need this, I must remember because they time to go slowly and what's happening here hmm? therefore I often um, prescribe because this pattern is so compelling for very 
good reasons because this is the dance of the world it operates like this it's certainly it's good to take some time out periodically for sanctuary, for refuge for meditation, retreat really switch off um, perhaps more tricky at home but again if you can have some period of time at home when you definitely switch off your gadgets your phones, say that's it I take this time off, it's 7 in the evening or whatever I have to wait till tomorrow I might die tonight, you know, whatever whatever you need to do to get that in uh, I mean because sometimes we are our own worst enemies you know I mean I, I can get I have been can get very busy with the feeling there's so much to do I haven't got time to pause now and who's saying it where does that come from it's the host of Mara now rather than wait for the next retreat and to keep it going and uh, try to keep it going through through the day I'm starting to recommend to people that have this practice of pauses as we've been practicing on the retreat pauses um, and like 10 seconds pauses so there was one And when I stop for 10 seconds, you probably thought, but then you were prepared to wait. You didn't say, what's next, what's next? You know, most people give you 10 seconds. And rather rely on other people, establish it like it's a deliberate thing, like you, you get up in the morning, you take a shower or whatever, you have some time before the working stuff finishes there's the time to just get those 10 seconds in like taking a shower, coming out of the shower stop and in that pause moment there's a particular question where am I? so this is the question that directs your attention into your body this is your earth element this is where your earth mother lives this is where the goddess of the earth lives in your feet, in your body, so it's a grounded sense. So you've got to get get wake her up, get her to bear witness. Yeah, she's not up in the sky, down earth, and so it's the where am I sense, not Bangkok, Chiang Mai, but feel the sensations in your feet. And just that helps the energy, just you see the energy is rising up into rushing out, pauses and it has to go down in order to feel your feet. Standing. And second question, if you've got time, you've got 10 seconds, what's helpful now? Very broad question. You could say what's beautiful now, what's precious now, what's valuable now, what's you know, just right now, it could be breathe out you know, we're not saying for the next day but just right at this very moment what's helpful, breathe out drop the shoulders, that's all you're not looking at massive philosophical uh, structures which are simple gestures that help the energy to just turn back and rest and then the earth mother can arise saying so, Look after yourself now. <laughs> Look after this. That quality comes up. But just take it steady. Okay, remember. And you might then actually feel, oh, I've got another 10 seconds. I can actually think, well, she needs this, she needs that. I well, need to talk about it. You know, so it's less of a compulsive reaction. Give yourself a time to have a measured, collected response to your duties and, and requirements so if we do this we check in with our earth mother you know 10 second pause shower have breakfast finish breakfast pause don't wash up yet 10 second pause yeah. nothing much that's fine you know 
more sharp, get get in where you're going, get on the train, get on the car or whatever, driving, get to work, you know, switch off the ignition or stand just another ten seconds. You can make it look like you're trying to find your keys, something. <laughs> you can kind of bluff a little bit because people, what's he doing? You know? Even ten seconds is a long time. Sometimes you're just standing there. Okay, what's important? Because you're just getting into the hurry up mode again. Yeah, so then you start your work, and then maybe there's a coffee break. You're going to have a cup of coffee, and you get the coffee and put it down, and then again, 10 seconds. Okay, drink your coffee. So this is how you do it. And 10 seconds, lunch break, and during the day. And if you, you know, things get a bit hectic, then you say, I have to go to the toilet now. Uh, you didn't say why you have to go to the toilet, so you're not lying. So I really need to go to the toilet because you get in there in ten seconds. Because <laughs> nobody's going to ask you why you want to go to the toilet. So, so they, when you've been, but you've been five times this hour. Yeah, yeah, I really need to go to the toilet. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> so just you know, you can you can sort of. That's not breaking precepts. That's you are what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, and pausing, you get the spirit of it. Uh, I offer this as a small support. Sometimes it's not dramatic, but it's not what happens, it's what doesn't happen that counts, coming out of compulsive patterns. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, a little token for your retreat, and I uh, hope it's for your welfare and happiness.